Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, this is Andy Richter, and you are listening to The Three Questions. And I am very excited today because I get to talk to, uh, uh, I don't know, are you a triple threat, quadruple threat, uh, <laughs> actor, director, writer, tap dancer, um, you know, you name it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm talking to Clea Duvall today, which is very exciting. Hi. Hi. I'm very excited to be here. And we've never met. I know. I I was trying to think that I feel like we know so many people in common. And I was exactly. like, have we actually ever met? I don't think so. That's what, and I was thinking that too. And because I'm always at a disadvantage um, and it, it sounds like such a dicky thing to say, but it's, I mean, just because of my job, I've met so many gazillion people. Yeah. Like I'll run into people and I'll be you know, like people that I know and that know me and, you know, that are actors or writers or whatever. And it's kind of like, oh, hey, there's just this instant kind of familiarity because mm -hmm. we're in the same club. But I cannot remember whether I've met them or whether I just have seen them on television. And so they're my imaginary friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I always it's always a little strange. Um, but also, you know, I mean, you do end up when you do this for a living, I imagine it's like the same with like baseball players. Yeah. Like when baseball players meet each other, even if they haven't met, it's like, oh, hi, fellow baseball player. How's the baseball? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. How, are, how are the new bats this season? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is what I assume they talk about most of the time. <laughs> So uh, we are Zooming today. Um, you're at home. Um, and that, and that's in Los Angeles, correct? Yes, yes. And how how is things these days? You're, uh, well, first of all, you're promoting to this, this what you're promoting today is? It's Housebroken, uh, is which Housebroken. is an animated show that I created with two of the writers from Veep. And uh -huh. um, this is our second season that's premiering um, on March 26th. And and where is it available at? It's on Fox. On Fox. On Sunday, Sunday nights on Fox. Yeah. Oh, you're part of the animation domination yes. block. Yes. That's nice. It is. It's really exciting. We were on, in our first season, we were on Monday nights and they moved us to Sunday nights, which I feel like is a good thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you get kind of bulletproof in there, you know, if... Uh, if things go pretty well, yeah, you know? yeah, it's a real, it's a dream as a as a kid who really grew up loving The Simpsons to have yeah. a show on Fox 
is really an animated show on Fox. It's so cool. And I was I was going to ask you, like, what was animation something that had was always kind of on a checklist of things you wanted to do? It I mean, it 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 wasn't actually it was oh, really? really like, yeah, it was not something that I ever thought would be an option. And yeah. then uh, when I started um, writing and directing, you know, um, several years ago, I, you know, I, I it kind of opened up my mind to the different kinds of things I wanted to do. And then um, I had this idea that could only really be executed through animation. And I pitched it to Gabby and Jen, who are my co um, my co creators. Um, they loved it, and they had they they improved upon the idea, and then we got together and kind of built this world and it was so much fun um just because you just don't have the restrictions that you have in live action um yeah. it's very freeing i know i i do cartoon voices and it's one of the things i can't even believe i get to do it's fun it really is so much fun it's it's also getting to play a character that no one would ever let me as a human being play uh-huh. um so it's it's great which is, it, which means i mean she's just this sort of like bossy know-it-all you know, very kind of silly and ridiculous. Like I don't get to be silly really ever, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm a very silly person, but people don't want to hire me to be a silly person on screen. Why do you, yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, do you think that it's, it's a, like a, like poverty of imagination on the part of casting people? Or do you think that just, you know, because I, you know, there are, I, I often think like, why don't I get to do these things that are a stretch for me? But mm-hmm. then I also think there's like other actors that I see who do things that are sort of outside of their normal wheelhouse. And I kind of feel like, yeah, you should probably just, you know, stick to being the villain or whatever, yeah. you know, or whatever. <laughs> so I'm always a little bit torn between, you know, I'm always beaten up on show business, but then I'm also, you know, it's like, you know, I need to lose weight, but that there's also times when I see people in things, I'm like, Ooh, he's put on weight. And I'm like, who the, what the fuck are you talking about? Fatty? Shut up. You know? Um, so it's, I mean, cause it's, you know, you got all the bad programming in yourself, you know, being part of society. But I mean, why do you think that, why do you think that is? Why do you think that, you know, cause you do tend to play serious people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, when I was younger, I was definitely a more serious person and a very shy person. I was really guarded. You know, I was yeah. a very guarded person who was very vulnerable. So like my specialty were, you know, it was these like tough girls that have like a like a soft, you know, kind of softness right under the surface, which was what I was, you know, and yeah. I wasn't that op- I wasn't that open. And so I think, you know, I think it just... I think that that's what I was really good at. And then, you know, as I've gotten older, I, you know, I haven't really been focusing on acting as much because I'm doing more writing and directing, but I, I am finding that when I am, when I am acting, they, I am getting to do more things. Like I'm getting to branch out and be, you know, a little lighter, which is nice. But I think that's probably because I have lightened up as a person. Yeah. Do you think that's something that once you're in a role, you show the writers that you're that you have that in you? Or do you just think that, you know, maybe casting the casting process is opening its eyes to it? I think that I mean, I think it's both, you know, it's it's really, you know, I people can't as much as like as as we like to think like, oh, we can do anything. We can we can't really fight our own humanity. You know, Mm -hmm. like we can't 
hide that. And, you know, I've definitely gone through like difficult times in my life where, you know, casting directors who knew me really well were like, what's going on? Are you okay? Like, Mm. and I thought I was like going in and killing it and no one knew that I was having this hard time. Um, but it was like written all over my face. So I think That's, I hate that. I just it sucks, hate it. man. Like, it's it sucks. like you think you think you're like, no, I got it down. And then yeah. it's like, no, I don't. <laughs> Everyone can see. Yeah. You know. I mean, but that's also, I think, part and parcel like being older. Because yeah. you get older and you just like, yeah, this is me. What am yeah. I gonna do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so now you've been doing this a long time. You've been in show business a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And you're married, but mm-hmm. you don't you don't have any kids or do you have kids? No, we have a kid. We have one kid. You you have a kid. Yeah. And how old is your and how old is boy, girl? Girl, she's 13. She's 13. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Almost 13. Um, does she have any interest in wanting to be an actor? She um she doesn't want to be an actor. She did when she was younger, but that has sort of evolved into being interested in other aspects of film like yeah. whether it's like directing or costume design or makeup like those yeah. are those are the things she gravitates towards now thank god yeah yeah because i definitely was like don't do it don't do it <laughs> i have a 17 year old daughter and i went through the same thing i've talked yeah. about it on here before that there was a time especially you know kids in la especially you know my daughter goes to you know, one of the L.A. private schools that lots of L.A. kids go to. And, you know, and she's got, you know, working actor kids that she's been in school with since grade school. And there was a time when she really wanted to. And I just was like, nope. You didn't let her. No, 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 no. I mean, she didn't push really hard. Like if she had, like if she had really demonstrated this is something I'm dying to do, Mm -hmm. maybe. But again, yeah. maybe I yeah. because I just I mean, I feel like show business chews up and spits out adults, yeah. much let alone kids. Yeah, it's not good for their for their brains. Like no. it's whether they're successful or not. It's almost like they're both both versions are bad, like a super yes. successful child who's getting that amount of attention, that amount of praise, that amount of yes. You know, it's it it distorts their view of what real life really is. And, and yeah. I mean, and if they're successful enough, they never have to live as a normal person, which I think yes. is really damaging. Yeah. Well, and also, too, sometimes life is a parade and sometimes it rains. And yeah. And if you're if you go from like age 12 and have like 10 to 15 solid years of parade, Mm-hmm. When it rains, it fucking hurts. Yeah. You know, it's like when you when it slows down and you have to deal with I'm just another person on the street. It mm-hmm. it it just must suck, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I say, it sucks the ups and downs of it. And I, you know, I started doing this when I was an adult, and the ups and downs of it are really tough yeah. on you, you know? Yeah. I mean, when when your daughter was kind of into it, how did you deal with it? Did you have like a... I mean, it was it was easy to just kind of be like, well, when you're, you know, when you're a grown up and if you want to do that, you can, but you're not doing it now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's putting it off into the distance. Right, right. And then seeing if it was something that she, 
you know, you know, if she's turns 18 and she wants to be an actor, there's nothing we can do about it. Right, but exactly. It's yeah, yeah. definitely it's you know, I really I really tried to encourage her to be interested in other aspects of the business. Yes. But uh, but she did. It, it really wasn't until uh, Natasha, um, Natasha Leone, mm-hmm. who is my best friend, had a conversation with her. And was just like, you should really focus on other sides of the business. And like, you don't want to put all your eggs in the in the acting basket. And literally the next day, Olive was like, you know, I don't know if I just want to be an actor. Maybe I want to try these other things. And I was like, <laughs> oh, the thing I've been saying to you for years since Sasha has one conversation with you and suddenly you yeah, want to change. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was so grateful that, you know, Natasha was able to kind of give her that insight and that it did have an impact because I just don't think... It's just not that, it's also just not that fun to sit around mm-hmm. and wait for someone else to let you express yourself. Yeah. And also to sit around and wait. That's, yeah. that, you know, that's, people don't, people don't get that that's 90% of your life is, yeah. is sitting somewhere waiting to say the three lines that you get to say today, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I went to film school, so I was kind of used to it from another side. I kind of went in, you know, came at it from the side of being driving trucks and getting coffee and making mm-hmm. Xerox copies. And then eventually, you know, uh, still, I still consider it being a part of the crew, but just like a really cushy yeah. department on the crew where you get your own toilet and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> um, but I, so I had some idea of how much waiting it was, mm-hmm. but I find, so I always knew that, but I do find like, as time goes on, the waiting gets really hard. Like now that I'm older, mm. it's real. I'm really like, is this really like what I want to like? Do I really want to, you know, go somewhere for 13 hours and spend about 45 minutes of it actually doing the thing that I'm here to do? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's tough. I I really like the waiting. I really like. I love because I I stay. I usually stay on set in between um setups or scenes just because I like I like to see what's going on I like to see I like to watch everybody do their jobs and whatever you know if if there's like an issue that comes up how how people deal with it like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm watching a television show of a tele you know of yeah, like yeah. the making of something in real time and I think it's so it's so cool and I just think Film sets are the most fun places and film crews are the coolest people. And I just can't get enough of it. That's yeah. And especially now, I mean, you pro- you went to film school by watching. I, I, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, cause that's, I mean, I went to film school and I learned more in a week of working on television commercials in Chicago than I did mm-hmm. in two years of going to, you know, watching rules of the game, yeah. you know, or what, you know, whatever sort of, a Scorsese movie or a Francois Truffaut or something. It's like, that's all really nice. But, and honestly, most film production has more in common with a Wheaties commercial than it does with Francois Truffaut, you yeah. know? Um, so, but, so when you started doing it, now you, you, your dad was an actor, correct? Yes. Yes. And so was he okay with you becoming an actor? Cause you started fairly young, right? I was 18. Yeah. 18. Yeah. Yeah. He was fine with it. My mom didn't want me to do it. She was not interested in me doing that. Yeah. And she didn't really have an alternative of what like she wanted me to be doing, but she definitely didn't want me to be an actor. Um, Yeah. But then, you know, I got very lucky very quickly. So I think that 
soothed her mm-hmm. and she would, you know, she was able to see me do all right. When you say lucky, what, I mean, how did that play out? Like how did the, how did the luck play out? Well, I, you know, I got, um, I had an audition for this movie that everybody auditioned for, but, um, the casting director, Sheila Jaffe, who is this incredible casting director, um, she just liked me. She yeah. it was just like, she just saw something in me and she, her office was down the street from where I was working at a coffee shop at the time. And so she came into the coffee shop and I gave her a coffee and we talked and there was just something in me that she saw and she really like supported me with. And she knew you were an actress to, at that point. Yeah. I, we, yeah. we met because I auditioned for this, something she was casting. Oh, I and see. then we got to talking and I told her I was working down the street and then she, we sort of like built this friendship and she, she really, uh, she was really pushing for me with the director and the director liked me and, and then, and wanted to cast me in this role. But the, um, the, the financiers did not want her to cast me and she's, you know, she really dug her heels in. And because of that, they took the financing away. Um, but because they, we didn't end up shooting the movie when we were supposed to, we went to the Sundance filmmakers lab, um, which is this thing they do at the Sundance resort every summer. That's uh lasts for a few weeks where filmmakers go and basically like learn how to work with actors and crews and, they, you know, you shoot a few scenes and they edit them together and they screen them. It's like summer camp, like movie summer camp, basically. Um, And that was like the first real, like legit thing that I did. And there I met, I met Robin Tunney who became a friend and she introduced me to her manager. And then that manager took me on and really was amazing and worked so hard and sort of like helped me build this career um, so I think it was like, I, you know, and I always worked really hard. So there, it was definitely like, I, I was very prepared and I took it very seriously, but in terms of, you know, those, those sort of like those chance meetings, like that's where I feel like the luck really came in of just like right place, right time. And like meeting the right people who introduced me to the right people. It was like, you know, that, that kind of, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not just, I was like walking down the street and somebody was like, do you sure. want to be an actor? Hey, Not that kind of luck. Getting, but, the, uh, getting this 16 passenger van. Yeah. We're on our way to a set. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. 
As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Can't you tell my love's a Did you, had you had a lot of kind of formal active a- acting training at that point? I went to a performing arts high school. And oh, that's right. LOXA. You went yeah, to, I went to LOXA. LOXA, which is Los Angeles County uh, high, high School, school for, the, for arts. the Arts. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I went there and then in my senior year, I started taking acting classes outside of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continued taking acting classes for a couple years. And then I worked with a coach, um, just like a privately with a coach um, for many years. And so I have some, but I don't have like Meisner or... You know, yeah. Stella, it's more just sort of like my own hodgepodge of acting education. I mean, I sort of feel like my acting is just, I mean, I I, I did improv, which is a kind <laughs> of training, but it's just kind of like a a training of how to, well, how to forget about yourself, basically, and kind of be in something and to get in sort of a, a group-driven vehicle and submit to it um, mm-hmm. is probably the main thing of it, which is it, which is a big part of acting, you know. Um, but then I, I think like most of my acting training was on the job. I was very mm-hmm. lucky to, you know, to be in that position where I already could kind of do, I could do comedy in a way and I could think of funny things to say and think of ways to make things that other people wanted me to say be funny. Mm-hmm. And then I learned how to act by acting. And I remember reading a quote once from Jodie Foster. And she had, she was like, acting school is bullshit. You can <laughs> either do it or you can't. And I kind of felt like, yeah, she's right. You know, and, yeah. I, and, and I wonder where you fall on that kind of issue. I definitely think that, I do think that people have it or they don't. You know, and some people are really, you know, some trained actors are really extraordinary. Um, But, you know, when you think about an actor like Colin Farrell, you know, who I don't know what his training is, but he is the one of the, I think, greatest actors of all time, you know, Mm -hmm. and I watch him and I cannot believe these characters that he creates. And it it does feel just like a cellular understanding of what acting is that he has that like, it's... You know, and I, or like, you know, I, cause I don't think that I am the greatest actor in the world. You know, I think I can, I can, there are certain That's things I can do. That's not what my research says. My research says <laughs> the main greatest thing you want to get across. Oh. Yeah. The main I thing mean, you want to get across is that you're the best actor. Ever. I mean, listen, your words, you know, um, <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I don't know how to, as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten worse in some ways um in just what because way? I, like how do you how do you think i don't it's harder for me to get lost in something mm. you know like i like melanie linsky is a really good is one of my very good friends and and i watch her and like and we worked together on on my first movie and we had scenes together and i was just like that melanie was the intervention the intervention, the intervention right? yeah. Yeah, yeah and she was just able to sort of like 
drop into these scenes and like inhabit this character. And I, I, I just didn't understand how she was doing it. And I knew all I knew is that I could not do what she was doing. I was so conscious of the performance and the dialogue and like what she was doing and the blocking. Like I had so many other things going on in my head that were not the scene. And I would try to like shut it all out and just be in the scene. And I couldn't do it. Like, I can't, I don't know. And that's when I look at like actors like Melanie or like Colin Farrell and like, they just really feel like they have entered into like a different dimension or something. Yeah. And I just don't, I can't get out of my own way to do that. Yeah. You know? And I wish I could like every so often, like maybe like once or twice on everything I do, I like lock into something, but I cannot access that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, A, you know, most of my acting is comedy, which is a different thing. And I'm not saying, I'm not discounting it, but it's a very particular thing. Mm -hmm. So the times when I, you know, drama is still a bit of a mystery to me. It's still, it's still kind of intimidating to me. And a lot of the kind of dramatic things that I've done have mostly been television things and television drama is like, you know, there's so much of it that's just, it's kind of corny, you know, it's like, it's formulaic, you know, at least the things that I've done, I should Mm -hmm. say, you know, and, and it's kind of corny. And so I've always kind of, like the television drama that I've done, I've always kind of been like, this is not that much fun. Like people (laughs) here do not really seem like, you know, I, to me, I, one of my basic things is, why did you go through all of this? Like, the, how much rejection and how much, like, having your parents go, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff to get to here, and then you're not going to have fun? Like, you're not yeah. going <laughs> to, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to look for a good, for, like, in between takes, just ways to be silly with your other fun friends who all nobody here fit into the workaday world. So you're all a bunch of weirdos, like might as well be weirdos together. And so I, I mean, I, so I end up doing more, more comedy, but I do see like the people that you say, like, I remember I did, it was this uh, sitcom that my friend Will Arnett was the star of and Margot Martindale Oh, who is one of my, like, like one of my acting heroes, like just mm-hmm. everything she does. It's, it's the same thing. You're just like, oh shit. She just, she just like, she, like you said, just drops in. And I don't know if it's a, I don't know if she learned it in a class or whether Margot Martindale, you know, came out of the uterus doing that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I, and for people that don't know, on a, on a, it was a three camera sitcom. And on the night of shooting, you do usually in the makeup room, what they call a speed through, which is you go through and you do all the lines. You basically do the whole show. You do a quick, quick run through of just the lines of all. And Margot Martindale was sitting there. And I mean, it was a sitcom. It wasn't, it wasn't Moliere, you know, and, and she was doing the speed through of her lines. And so she was doing all her lines about this fast and stuff. It was one of the most riveting performance things I have ever experienced in my life. Yeah. Sitting, she was sitting in a makeup chair with her elbows on her knees, leaning forward, you know, like, like a, you know, like a basketball team during a timeout. Uh 
doing, going through these lines. And I just, I like was having a hard time with my lines just because I was watching her and how present she could be in something that was so utilitarian. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I, and it does kind of make me feel like, you know, most, I like, I put actor down when they ask what I do for a living, but then I see that and I'm like, I'm kind of like a faker. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I figured out a way to like be able to put that on my tax returns and, but it's really probably not, you know, it's like her tax returns mean a lot more than mine. I don't um, know. Well, I, but you know, it's just, I, I, I'm basically, I'm saying, I agree with you that it is, it's astounding how, when you see the people that really, really do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it really it is exciting. And I do feel like working with people like that does make me better, you know, yeah. like working on, um, working on Veep was so scary, but like it, it, in the beginning, but it was the nicest, most talented group of people. And at a certain point I could, you know, I could just like, I found my, my way in to the show and like really kind of like locked in on my character and it, it did get really fun and like getting to do scenes with Julia, like was so cool, you know, and yeah. feeling like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not ruining my favorite show. I can like <laughs> come here and like support, you yeah. know, and be of service to the show. And, you know, I think that that is really what I like through, through now, like writing and directing what I've kind of learned is that, that like not every actor needs to knock it out of the park and be the star, you know, like no. for, for what I can do is like go in and support and be of service to the story as yes. a whole, you know, and make yep. sure like, am I giving the story what it needs? And it really yep. takes the attention off of me, which yeah. in a way that is. Bands need bass players. Yes. And bass yes. players don't usually get solos, but yeah. they need them, you know? Yeah. And also, I mean, there's also something I was lucky enough to Julia Louis-Dreyfus had a show uh, called The New Adventures of Old Christine. Mm -hmm. And I got to do a few episodes of that. So I got to know her a little bit. And there's going into a situation like the and, uh, and Matt Walsh is a very is one of oh, my yeah. oldest friends That's in the world. The so I you go into a situation like that and, you know, if they're. Are people working around Julia Louis-Dreyfus, there's not going to be any assholes. Yeah. You know what? Because she just won't. A, she's just like the best. Yeah. Just the she's best. The coolest. And aside from what you see on screen, she just is just real and fantastic and funny and, and warm. And so you, you're going to, you know, you're going to be around a good group of people in a situation like that. And yeah. then, and it's just so, and again, that's people that want to have fun. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. It was the most fun set I've ever been on. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. just the best. So much laughter and everybody's so silly and just having a great time. It was so fun. Yeah. One of the little, no I mean, cause I get kind of, you know, like research prepared for me for these. And uh, there's just this, <laughs> this funny log oh, line, no. you know, this funny <laughs> line in it. No, it's just because it's, I mean, it's mostly cold from interviews and stuff, but it said, uh, one of the things was uh, she said she was very closeted when making, but I'm a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And that was just really interesting to me because it made me think, what, what went through your mind when they gave you that job? Like, did you feel like, oh shit, they're on to me? It, no, I mean, I, I 
Jamie Babbitt, who is the director of that movie, I was in a short film of hers um, that was also like a gay story. And I played I played Clea, which was a part that she wrote for me. But she still made me audition for it, which I thought was rude. Um, no shit. Call yeah. her Jane <laughs> like, or something then. Yeah. I was new. I understand why she did it. But it was truly the worst audition I've ever done in my entire life because I was so nervous. <laughs> I was like auditioning to play myself for yeah. my friend. It was yeah, very awkward. Yeah. But she still gave me the part. And um she had talked to me about cheerleader before. And so, I mean, and asked me to be in it before there was even a script. So I, you know, I was super into it and I was very involved in, you know, kind of shaping my character and, and a part of the the process of casting and all of that. So I, I didn't really like think about it because I don't, you know, and I still am this way where I don't think about the, that, what we're doing is ever going to become a thing that other people are going to experience. Yeah. Like I am so focused on the making of the thing. Yeah. Um, I think that, that's healthy though. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It never, it doesn't occur to me until much later, like right before it comes out that I'm like, Oh no, people are going to see this. <laughs> people are going to see this thing that we've been doing. They're not supposed to see it. This is just this thing that we did this way that we spent the summer, you know? So I, yeah, it didn't really even occur to me until, until we were going to whatever our first festival was. I think it was Toronto maybe. Yeah. Um, and they, and people started asking me questions. And then I was like, oh no, I've made a horrible mistake. Oh, um, really? But not really. Cause I, I, I loved the movie and I really, I really believed in what we were doing and it was it's more a, just it's that. such a great movie. It's really fun. Jamie yeah. did such an incredible job. I can't believe she was 27 years old when she made that movie. Yeah. Trying to wrangle all of us lunatics. And how old were you and Natasha at that time? I was 21 and Natasha, I think was 19. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We are babies. Yeah. See, and it's, it's amazing too, that like you guys have, like, I just, I do love that when, <laughs> I don't know if like your life had the rough patches that everyone kind of realizes Natasha's, you know, uh -huh. like that's part of her public story, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it just, it's, it is so nice that you guys are still film professionals, healthy, working you know, productive yeah. film professionals and, you know, adults, human yeah. beings, you know, because it can be, you know, it can be so tough that, I mean, was there fallout with you during acting? Because you were, you did get, you know, and you were in so many sort of youth oriented movies mm -hmm. so quickly that probably, I imagine most of it occurred sort of when you would be sort of college age instead of being in college which is when everyone goes and finds out who they are and makes a mess of themselves. Yeah. You're doing it on in public. Yeah. Um was there was there a fallout period for you? Yeah, I mean I definitely I I like not in the way that Natasha, you know, not in not what Natasha went through, but I definitely, you know, I uh, I was not a a, a very uh, like sort of like emotionally evolved person who, you know, I didn't know how to deal with, you know, the traumas that I had experienced in, you know, in real time or at all. Like I definitely, 
had like battles with alcohol and like, you know, got sober and really had to like kind of confront all of the things that I hadn't really confronted. And it was terrible, you know, and it really like kind of took me out. It it just like made me kind of take a step back to become a human being, you know, yeah. because it, you know, I starting so young and like having so much success so quickly, it really, you know, it did kind of mess my brain up a little bit just in terms of like thinking, oh, it's, you know, it's always going to be like this or, you know, the, the other thing that I wrestled with was really like, do I deserve this? Like, should I have this? You know, it was a lot of like, I don't belong here, you know, mm. and like. What, what was it? What was the voice in your head saying why you didn't deserve it? I think just that I was like that I was not good enough, you know, mm. that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't, you know, like some of the voices that, you know, that I wasn't like pretty enough or I wasn't skinny enough or I wasn't talented enough or I wasn't you know, I wasn't straight enough, like all of the, you know, you can't help but like, when you're, I mean, even as like an older person, like it's hard to not compare yourself to people. But as a young person, when you are literally sitting in a room full of people that like, you know, the people in charge are being nice to certain people in the room and treating the other side of the room a different way, like you can't help but be like, oh, I'm not, I am not this, I am not that. Like, it's, it's a lot of what you are not, you know? is is being uh communicated to you um and i think it you know and also just like stuff with you know being gay and like and coming out and the you know my mother didn't handle that in a very good way but that was not something that i really i was so like mad about it that i didn't ever really allow myself to experience like the hurt of it and so i Mm. think that was like something that I didn't deal with for a long time. I just never dealt with anything and I didn't know that I wasn't dealing with it. I just sort of Mm. like moved on and then reached a point in my life, like in my sort of like early thirties where I was like, I should, I can really keep going down the road of like not dealing with things, but that that road is looking kind of hairy or I can just like kind of get my shit together and deal with that stuff and become, you know, a, a, a more whole person. And what form did that process take? Well, getting sober was like a big part of that. And like mm-hmm. the, really a lot of like allowing myself to like sit in the discomfort, just sit in discomfort, you know, yeah. like I think I I did everything I could to like not feel uncomfortable and then that sort of like turned into just not feeling at all, you yeah. know, and I wasn't, wasn't the most empathetic person. I wasn't like, you know, I, I was not the best version of myself in any way. And, mm. but letting I don't know. There's something about like sitting in that, sitting in discomfort and not like, and understanding that, that it, 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 it is something that passes. Like, even if it takes a while was like such a valuable thing for me to do because I was just so afraid to feel anything, which is ironic because my whole job was to sort of like feel things. Yeah. But I was so like, so protective that I couldn't really do it. I mean, imagine therapy was probably a part of Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. I went to therapy, did some therapy. I did a lot of, I read a lot of books, which was, were really helpful. You know, you got, I know. It's nerdy. It's definitely nerdy. And like (laughs) books are for losers, but. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at least books on tape, you know, when you're driving around going to party to party or things. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would listen to a lot of books while I was partying. So. 
That was helpful. <laughs> when did you start to feel like, okay, I mean, was there some point, something that happened where you started to feel like, okay, I'm getting a handle on it? Or was it just kind of a gradual process? It was kind of gradual. It wasn't just like one day, like everything got better. It was, it was kind of like after I got sober, things kind of, I mean, it was horrible at first, but you know, I did, Wait, you know, it I was, was horrible or you were horrible. Getting sober was horrible. Like oh, it oh, felt okay. horrible to okay. just like I, all I, of a I sudden. I don't know if you said it or I, you know. No, I don't think I was horrible. I was like pretty, like, I think that I was like drowning in humility. So I was not in any position to be off. I was like not being awful. I was probably my very, um, I think I was probably being nice. Yeah. Um, I'm a nice person. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. It says that in I'm research very nice, too. Andy. <laughs> The research says best actor and super nice guy, right? Okay, good. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Can't you tell my life? Was there any point where you um where you thought about doing something else for a living? Yeah, I mean I always wanted to be a writer. That was the thing that I wanted to do when I was younger before I wanted to be an actor. So it, going back to that and letting myself, you know, start to explore that yeah, was also a big part of it, yeah. which I, which is still like in the same industry, but I do, I would like to write things that are not movies and TV shows at some point. Did you find people open to, to you doing something different within the industry, like writing and directing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, I had written the script and I, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to direct it because I, I had written myself a part in it because I felt like I never got to just play people. I was always like something tragic or, you know, something that I didn't get to ever just like be, be with my friends in a movie. Um, yeah. so I, I didn't, and I didn't think I could write and I didn't think I could direct an act. But then, you know, after enough people were just like, why don't you just direct this? I I decided that I would uh, give it a try. And then that happened, you know, like the getting financing happened like kind of soon after making the decision that I would direct it. How does that process work for you directing yourself? Like do you have a DP that kind of can give you acting notes too? Yeah, I really relied on uh, Polly Morgan, who is the DP and then... Um, Allison, our uh, script supervisor, they would, I would go to them and basically say like, did we get like that? I would, I would tell them what I wanted from the scenes technically. And then also just like from 
myself and I would go to them and be like, do you think we got that? Do we need to go again? Um, Because it was such a tiny budget and we had so little time that we didn't have playback. So I would just kind of have to trust them Mm. that we were um, getting what we needed and they were amazing and I I, I couldn't have done it without them. Can you feel when you do it right? Because I, I mean, I've never, I mean, I've, I've never, you know, I kind of quasi directed bits, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, not like <laughs> anything sort of long thing, but like a bit, like I know, like, okay. And I, but I, I always feel like I'm not, I need someone to tell me, you know, yeah. this notion that somehow, and I, I mean, and it goes beyond acting to this notion that like you should be this sort of self-contained machine of, <laughs> you know, like self-gratifying, self-realizing, like, no, fuck, I need, like, was that good? Yeah, okay, you know? Yeah. And I mean, and I I don't know if it's just in comedy, but, you know, that was like everybody I've ever worked, you know, Conan, that was kind of what I would do for him, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. he'd be like, how's this joke? And I'd say it's good or it's bad. And, you know, and I always would be honest and want, you know, other people to be honest with me. So it's like the notion of directing yourself acting to me, I just would feel like. Yeah. I, I just did a movie with Chelsea Peretti not too long ago that mm-hmm. she directed and she was the star of, and uh, she wrote, directed and starred. And I remember like the first, one of the first days I was like, well, how is that going? And she's like, it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't. She goes like, I, she said, I, I should have like skipped out of one of the three. Yeah. You know, like, like it's just, it's too much. And I, you know, I, I was amazed watching it and just thought like, oh my God, I don't think I ever want to do that. No, I never yeah. want to do it again. I really didn't like it. I need a director to let me know if I'm on the right track. Yeah. You know, I, I really, I don't ever want to do that again. By the it's end of the movie, fun. do you feel like you're getting a good sense of of whether you're on, you know, like, does no. it get easier during the movie? No. Oh, wow. Wow. No, I just hated it. I also, I was just like, why would I want to work with my least favorite actor? That makes no sense. Like, I wish that I had given the part to somebody that I liked so much more. It was so much more capable. Um, yeah. And then to work with a director who totally neglected me was really not that fun either. Um <laughs> I don't think this director likes me very much. Yeah, this director seems like she fucking hates my guts. (laughs) Um, She was really cold to me at lunch. Yeah, she didn't say a word. Um, (laughs) I saw her in the bathroom and it was like she totally ignored me. Um, Yeah, it's just not it's just not for me. And I and there are so many actors who can do it, who can do both. And I really admire it because I just don't have a sense of. Does this like we can never perceive ourselves the way other people perceive us. It's just like not possible. So it's, you know, and also sometimes in acting, I think like I, uh, what I sort of learned to make it easier for myself is like, sometimes if something feels bad, it doesn't mean it looks bad. And oftentimes like when I am feeling my most uncomfortable, that's when the director is like, oh yeah, whatever you're doing, keep doing that. And it's like, oh, just self-loathing, no problem. Um, (laughs) But it's, you know, when you, when I am the director to myself as an actor, it's like, then it, it, there is no sort of like separation between like what is felt and what is seen, you know, because it's so, 
it's just, I just don't want to do it. And I love other actors and I love writing parts for people. And it just seems like so much more fun to do that. If you could only do one of the three, writing, directing, mm-hmm. acting from now on, which, which do you think you would pick? Oh. And also like, what do you like and dislike about each one? It's an essay question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I would pick, I think I would pick directing. Yeah. Why? I love, I love the collaboration aspect of directing, getting to work Mm -hmm. with all the different departments and, you know, building a world and figuring out like, you know, what, what everything's going to look like. And then like having a picture in your head and then executing it and being able to create that outside of yourself is really cool. And I love editing. I just love all the different steps of, of filmmaking. And so getting to, to do that, I think is more fun. Mm -hmm. Um, even though like, it's so like, it is so scary. And every day you're like, well, something's going to go wrong today. What is it? You know, but that's also really fun too. I like problem solving and, um, working with all the different people. Um, and then, I mean, I really, I do love writing. I love having, you know, like the way that I write is I always start with just like one image in my head. And then I kind of build around that or a character or a moment or something. And then it all grows from there. And that's really cool. And, you know, coming up with characters and then them feeling so real. And again, building a world that, you know, that other people get to see, like, that's really exciting. And then acting is, acting is fun. Acting is a, when it, when you are, when, when you are in forgive the term, but like, like in the zone and you're working with like a a great group of people, it's just so much, it's so much fun. It's really thrilling. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like, I like all three, but if I had to pick one, it would be direct. What, uh, what are the, like the downsides of, of writing for you? Is there limitations of writing that you don't? It's, it's lonely. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to to break the story. And so like, I'll just spend like months just thinking about something and nothing is, it seems like nothing is happening, but that is the part of the, that is part of the, my process anyway, of just thinking about it. And then, you know, eventually I sit down and I start writing and it's all there. So it's like my brain has been working, but it feels like you're just like stuck in quicksand. The quicksand moments are tough. Yeah. Do you often collaborate writing wise? I, yeah, I know I, you've well, been, you did, were, were a showrunner on uh, mm-hmm. high school, was it? Yes, on high yeah. school. And, but that, I mean, was that, but those are, because those are, you know, TV shows are usually a collaborative atmosphere where even if it says written by, it means, you know, written by Jane Smith, it's really, mm-hmm. it was Jane and 10 other people, you know. Well, on high school, it it's just me and Laura Kittrell, who's the co-showrunner, co-writer. We write. Oh, okay. We we wrote all the scripts, so that yeah, that was we definitely collaborate, and that that's really fun. I really like working with Laura a lot. She's really talented, and um, we work really well together. Working with other people is so much more fun than working alone. Yeah, but why do you still write? Why do you still work alone then? Because they're just, they're set for features. I feel like it's easier to have a singular vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with TV like that, it was because I was directing so many of the episodes, it was easier to sort of like wrap, like wrap my head around the high school as like one 
big, like one big long movie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, features I think are easier to write with one person, yeah. even though it's it's excruciating sometimes. Going forward, um, I mean, what 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 would be your ideal situation going forward? What would you like? Are there things you haven't done that you would that you would like to do, or is it just kind of continue on the same path? I mean, I would like to, I'd like to make another movie. I really loved, I, there was, there's a script that I wrote before, um, in between my first movie and my second movie that I, that's a story that I really love that is like kind of weird. Um, but it, it just, it's, it feels very personal to me and I, mm -hmm. and it's also a little scary to me because of how personal it is, but, um, I'd really like to make that. I don't know. I just want to keep, I, I would love to keep writing and directing. When you say personal, I mean, is it I mean, like, it? will it be like, oh, this, like one of those things where people will be like, oh, this is Clea talking about Clea. I think in some ways, like it's not about my life at all. It's more okay. these sort of like, I don't know. It's sort of like the, the more um, wading through some of the, um, or challenging aspects of being a human being. Yeah. Yeah. When you write from personal experience, and this is me, this is me, like I said, I'm trying to write something longer. Uh -huh. And I'm, and I'm like, just thinking like, what's my mom going to think? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it'll be like things I will want them to be sort of camouflaged. Yeah. But there's like so many things where I just know, like, I have a story about that guy and that guy's going to know that yeah. it's like, how do you deal with that? I mean, I, I've really just written about my own experiences so far. So it's not, you know, I haven't, I, I always kind of stay away from the things that are about other people's stories. Like I don't, I, I would never want to, I would never want, someone else to feel like I was sort of like, you know, stealing their story or. Sure. Um, but your story involves other characters. Yes. I, I haven't, I mean, I, anything that is like to that, that degree of personal, I've kind of stayed away from just because I don't think I'm smart enough yet to really like write about those things. <laughs> Maybe when I'm older, you mean smart I'll enough be. In terms of to get away with it or smart enough to no, be, no, no. to have just enough to, of a grasp of it. To have enough of a grasp and to have an, anything interesting to say, you know, I like, see. I don't know if I'm like, I don't know, like maybe when I'm older, I'll be able to um, write about that stuff. That's a, it's a wonderful thing to hear you say, you know, because to that's, you know, to be able to be a storyteller and say, there's still stories that are my stories that I I'm not ready to, you know, open the lid on that jar yet is, yeah. is it's wonderful self-knowledge, I think. Yeah. So congratulations on your self-knowledge. You. You're welcome. Because you. <laughs> that was on the list as well of things. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. It said profoundly self-aware. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and humble. Yes. Modest. Yes. But it's, yeah. and it said, don't pronounce the H. It's humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, uh, we're, we're nearing the end here. And, uh, the, you know, the final thing I always ask people is, is the, what have you learned question? I mean, do you feel like that there's some sort of 
moral to the Clea story that, you know, can, you can, you know, knit on a, on a cross stitch on a sampler and hang above the mantle. I mean, I don't know that it's, that it's in a good, that it's like a one line, a one pillow, a one pillow thing. (laughs) You can have more pillows on the couch if you want. I mean, I think it's that, I think for me, like the balance that I need balance. You know, I need, I need, um, fulfillment from work and friends and family and that, that happiness doesn't come from one place Yeah, and self-worth doesn't come from one place. Does that, does that kind of balance, is it happening kind of naturally to you now, or is it still something that takes a lot of, that takes work and upkeep? It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's like work and that it's like so hard, but I think it's something that I can easily forget, you know, especially like I'll find myself getting like a little bit down. And then I realize like, oh, I haven't really been connecting with my friends that much or, or I haven't really been like taking care of myself or I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm focusing so much on work that I'm not spending time with my family. I think it's just like always sort of keeping an eye on like, am I feeding Am I, am I feeding everything equally or am I putting too much importance on one thing, which, you know, it's, it happens. And I think it's just like, I, but I do notice now that when I start to feel a little bummed, it's because I'm not, um, because I'm putting too much significance on one thing, expecting one thing to like fulfill all of me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking this time. Uh, let me run down. You've got uh, House Broken on Fox, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you will be guest starring on an episode of uh, Natasha Leone's uh, series Poker Face. Yes. It is, uh, it's coming out March 9th. Um, I, I don't know if this will be on, you know, by then <laughs> or what. I don't know when that, and that's not my department. Um, but boy, is that show fun. I, it's the best. I'm She's so, so envious. I've always thought like, why can't we do a Quinn Martin kind of thing? And it's like she went and did it, you know. Yeah. She and Ryan Johnson went out and made Rockford Files again, and it's yeah, just it's so cool. I love it, and it's just the kind of it's the kind of TV, just that sort of roving stranger coming into town and solving problems. Like it doesn't happen anymore, and it, I feel like it was seventy percent of my TV diet growing yeah, up. With, you it know, totally was. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I look good. forward to seeing that. Oh, I was just going to say also on Freebie and Amazon, I have a show, the show that I we were talking about earlier, high school, and all the episodes are out now. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, check them all out. And Clea, thank you so much. And I hope, you thank know, you. we run into, run into each other on campus one of these days. Yes, I hope now so. The world is opened up. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, thank you. Uh, it was so nice talking to you. It was great. And thank all of you out there for listening. And I will be back next week with more of whatever this was. (laughs) The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rob Schulte. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis and Gina Batista with additional booking support from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts.
Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 